0: Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. My name is Andy Davis and I'm the managing editor of Tailist Media. This is episode 5 of season 2. And as we approach the second national lockdown, I'm up in the loft counting my toilet rolls in preparation. I'm also wishing I'd bulk bought dishwashers rather than toilet rolls, actually, as I could do myself a nice little sideline. But there we go. We'll be discussing the new lockdown in next week's episode. But until then, we have, believe it or not, a much bigger issue even than coronavirus to talk about, and that's sustainability and the environment. In particular, we've got a very special interview with someone who is really pioneering how suppliers and manufacturers can operate a sustainable business and still make a profit, regardless of your size. And that's Richard Hagen of Crystal Doors. And I promise you, it is a really insightful, honest and fascinating quest he is on. But first, Taylor's Media shameless plug time and the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021 launches today, Tuesday, November the 3rd. I'm very excited to be back on the awards trail and so I really want you to go and check out the website where we switch it on and see what we've got planned. So that's kbbreview.com forward slash awards. It's open to any retailers and designers of kitchens and bathrooms in the UK and Ireland and it's totally free to enter, of course. So that's kbbreview.com forward slash awards and you'll also hear more about that in next week's podcast episode. Now, while the comparatively short-term issues of the coronavirus and Brexit have taken over everyone's agenda, the biggest long-term issue is still the environment. So let's talk sustainability in this industry with someone who has made it a front-and-centre policy of his business, and that's Richard Hagen from Crystal Doors. Hello, Richard. Good morning, Andrew. How are we? I'm very good, thank you, sir. How's life in Manchester?
1: It's, it's very good. Uh, it's very positive, but obviously not COVID-positive. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> we will touch on that
0: at the end, I promise. Before we get into all the environmental pledges and actions of your business, tell us about
1: Crystal Doors in general. So Crystal Doors has been trading now for 26 years. Uh, Yes, we're based in Rochdale, and we manufacture the bespoke vinyl wrap doors. So not really standard doors, but the other side of the market, which is absolutely bespoke. Whatever you want, we can manufacture it. See a photograph in a magazine, and we can do very, very similar.
0: And it's your business. You started it back in nineteen ninety four, didn't you?
1: I did indeed, yes. I had a, a degree in food manufacturing, so I always wanted to go into manufacturing, but with psoriasis, I had to change my route and then worked for a small company that went into liquidation and then bought the company and here we are twenty six years later as sort of national heroes. <laughs>
0: What's so fascinating about your journey here is that it's, and I don't mean this in a denigrating way, but it's quite a standard thing, isn't it? You make, you make doors, right? But what you've become here is an evangelist for sustainability, for environmental issues in this industry, but you're also setting the best possible examples of how it can practically be done. So let's go back to the beginning. You start the company in 1994. At what point in that journey did you realise that this was going to be such an important thing for you?
1: It came as a a slap in the face when we got a rejection for our biomass burner, which is next to Rochdale Canal, and they rejected it, saying that the emissions uh, aren't acceptable. So we had Natural England, the Environment Agency, the Canal Trust and Rochdale Council themselves saying that it's not permitted. So it was a a case of facing closure or moving factory, which they didn't have enough money for, or fighting it. And in the understanding of how to fight a rejection from planning permission, it's a, a full risk assessment of our environment. risks, and we've managed to get it to the extent that when we brought the growth company in and we saw 26 different actions, it was just like a couple of years later, it was three years later before they accepted planning permission, and then it was a case of I wanted a a 24-7 dust extractor and that was absolutely going to be rejected and my environmental side and my understanding then of industry 4.0 which is the the smart factory new technology we managed to put forward a case that there was zero risks because everything had been checked and understood but by that time I was on this environmental journey for which I, I realized there's a way of making money, there's a way of encouraging customers to be able to purchase your products which are more ethical, there's a a way of changing the business understanding for the millennials that are coming through. When was that then, when did all that happen? That was about five years ago. Right, okay, so you've come a long way in those five years
0: but what's interesting there is you've touched on two different bits of it which I find really interesting it's the the paradox between a very kind of moral journey you know your your own view of 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 how you think this is important up against the legislative journey that you have to go through to become compliant in so many of these things what's your general assessment before we get into the details of crystal doors here what's your general assessment of how the kitchen
1: and bathroom sector performs in this area Every business is about making money and it's about the the pleasure of obviously making lots of money for the business owners when we're successful. However, when you start the environmental journey of understanding what are the impacts, it's not about how much money you've got. It's about how you're actually causing severe issues throughout the world, not just on plants and animals, but on other human beings. And it's then when you realize I shouldn't be doing this And I need to change what I'm doing because I've now become educated. And it's at that stage that it was like, wow, I need to stop eating meat. I need to stop flying. I need to stop buying cars that have got massive engines. However, I've still got a Tesla Model S 2.4 seconds, not to 60. So it's not a case of just getting rid of all the pleasures of life. It's a case of redefining what is good, which isn't going to have an impact on society and on the environment. Kitchen furniture, for example, can
0: be still made out of some pretty horrible stuff. If you were marking the kitchen industry out of 10, what would you give it right now?
1: Probably a 4. It's below average. fashion industry is probably one of the worst. Meat industry, even though I've got a degree in food, is also absolutely horrendous. The furniture industry can become sustainable, and I think that's what's great about Crystal Doors is um, by winning the IEMA, which is the Institute of Environmental Management Accreditation. These are the big boys. We're up against the Bank of England, and to be able to beat them and to be able to shout to say, look, a furniture manufacturer has become a winner of energy and carbon transition is absolutely fantastic, and it does mean that because we're in the furniture industry, we've got a circular economy product, which is wood, we can make a big, big difference. And it's great to see that the amount of effort I've put and my employees and suppliers and uh, customers are now getting behind us. People such as fincer they, they've given me a, a huge amount of encouragement for what they wanted to do in Spain to do with their environmental side. And it's the same with Cronospan. They're trying to turn the, the corner. And the same with Eger, Is The big players are having to because of legislation. And it's great that a little SME such as myself, that's just like 3 million turnover, 3,000 items, a week that we're manufacturing can be such a a key component in changing our industry for the better Well, i I think that's why it's such a great story because it suddenly makes it realistic for everybody yes (laughs) it it does It, it is about the choice of our consumerism it's not about population too many it's about what we actually consume and it's it's the education to people to understand to say look You can buy this product, but it's been sourced from logging that shouldn't have occurred, forests that have been disturbed, which is how COVID-19's appeared. Or you can find something that's local. You can find something in the UK. So I'm part of Make UK, and this is about UK manufacturing, shouting about how good we are. Okay, so let's go into a bit more detail, because your flagship
0: goal, correct me if I'm wrong here, but your flagship goal is to be completely carbon neutral by 2022
1: correct you've set yourself a goal very ambitious but where do you even where do you start doing that get the baseline so there's three different scopes to do with carbon footprinting so it's your direct carbon emissions your indirect then scope three is your supply chain so the first one is the electricity that you're purchasing the heating that you have for your factory the fuel that you put in your vehicles the water that you use and then it's then going down to where does your products come from and how far do you then have to travel to then deliver them to your customers. That's where we're going to get to be carbon neutral, scope one, two, and three, all sections, which includes your investments even. What we're then going to try and move on to is what's called embedded carbon, which is the carbon within its life cycle. Now, fortunately, kitchens don't use a huge amount of energy once they've been delivered, where something like a computer or a car then uses a huge amount of carbon during its lifetime. What we're wanting to do is give our customers the opportunity to register their products and then see a huge amount of information because from from my point of view, it's about education. Educations throughout our lives. It's no longer, like you said, is, the youngsters coming through are, are really clued up on the understanding of the environment because it's on their watch that they're going to see the, the major, major changes. What we've seen so far is is minute. We've got all the signs that the planet is, is being exploited too much and the effects are starting to be seen. But in 2050 and beyond, the change of our environment that we live in will be very difficult because it will be four degrees warmer and it will have a big, big impact on everybody. We need to make change and the action needs to be now. So, for
0: example, in your factory, all the heating is done using biomass or
1: something similar, I assume? It is. It's 100% biomass. Um, I had a meeting, I think it was about the 3rd of January, and the the wood that we had had gone out, and we had a meeting at about 12 degrees centigrade because we have no other heating source in the factory apart from our biomass. And because vinyl doors need to have warm MDF to be able to press, normally the factory is at about 23 degrees centigrade.
0: Right, and so what about the energy in general for the lighting and you
1: know, the machines've got to run? How are you generating the power? The electricity that we purchase is one hundred percent accredited electricity, which means it 's from a source of solar or wind for which we 've bought so that 's that part. Also on on our roof, we've absolutely maximised it and we've got 246 kilowatts. So that produces about 220,000 kilowatts of energy per year. The biomass burner then produces over a million kilowatts of energy a year. And then we buy in about 450 kilowatts of renewable energy.
0: And is the goal to be 100% energy uh,
1: independent? We've done, I think, as, as much as we can. The biomass is producing a, a huge amount of energy and the solar panels. Uh, I've looked into a wind farm near to Rochdale, and that doesn't seem to be possible. I've looked into hydro, water, all sorts. I think the main one is, is to buy a tariff, which is 100% renewable, which is one of the things that the large companies are doing automatically. So you've got the likes of Apple, which are forcing all their supply chain to have to switch over to renewable energy.
0: Right. Okay, so, I mean, all that's the
1: big headline stuff that you as the owner of the business can do. What does that cost you? It's cost us half a year's turnover. It's cost me one and a half million pounds. The main difference is it's not affected the cash flow whatsoever. So for the investments such as the LED lights, is that's a payback over about three years because these are intelligent ones. So when it's bright, they go dim. Uh, and they are extremely efficient. The same with the solar panels, that's a payback over six years. So as long as the loan is over six years, then it's cash flow neutral.
0: Yeah, because I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot of money. In business terms, that's not a lot of money to for something that has such a big impact. And presumably, as well, over the course of that period, you're saving money by spending less money on electricity and, and everything else.
1: We are, we are indeed, yes. Uh, another one is power factor correction. So, on your three phases, you get charged for your highest amount of electricity on one of the phases. Power factor correction smooths and, and manages the three phases. The actual machines, we've gone from vane pumps to claw pumps, they're less than half the amount of electricity that they use, even though they cost twice as much at the beginning. So it's, it's all about long-term investments, but it's not a case of solar panels, LEDs, and your job's done, or, or just changing your car. It, it's taking hundreds and hundreds of actions, and this is the reason why we've started on B Corporation, which is the engagement of our customers, our suppliers, and all our employees to be on the same journey, and it's when you amass everybody together that we then make a difference.
0: Well, that was my next question, really, because you, the reason why I'm going into such detail with this is margins are tight, people have profits, they have, they have to make money. This can't be a, 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 an entirely moralistic journey. You have to make a profit. You have competitors who, who might be cutting the corners where you are not, and therefore they can undercut you. You have to get your entire supply chain involved in this as well. Do you spend most of your life evangelizing this to the people
1: who you, who you work with? It, it, it's certainly the, the first topic is you You can't drive into Crystal Doors car park with, uh, with a big engine. Otherwise, you, <laughs> you will become demonized, yes. But it's not a case of pushing it down three people's throat. It's, it is about education uh, and it's about people understanding it for themselves. The main thing for me is the governments now are starting to take it on board. And for those companies that don't wish to sort of address uh, climate emergency. We'll find that policies and what the government's going to do with the the cost of electricity. We can see this year with the 100% electric vehicles, there's like no tax on it. There will be incentives to ensure. So we've received a lot of grants. So something like the the biomass burner, we now receive 80,000 a year from renewable heat incentive. We're now getting money out of the solar panels as well. So it's almost, if you don't do it, you're going to become unprofitable and you will be out of business which is what Mark Carney said of the chief of the Bank of England last year those who do not address climate change will see themselves out of business in the next 10 years yeah
0: and that's the fascinating part isn't it because suddenly you're appealing to people's pockets I mean one of the things that I, I find very difficult in this arena is the sheer amount of you know if you want an acronym go to this go to the environmental world there's a million different certificates and acronyms and in- businesses and people that can certify you. It is a very confusing place to start. If you're just delving into it in the first for the first time, it can be incredibly confusing, can't it?
1: It's confusing from the politician's point of view, as we can see in the in America. Some people are climate denial, and so to say it, it's nothing to do with what we're doing. Um, and obviously, if that's coming from the oil industry, you can see why they're saying it. What we've got to do is realise that there is greenwash. Uh, that there are companies sort of saying we're carbon neutral because they've bought carbon credits. Those carbon credits can cost something like $1 a tonne. So Crystal Doors for a couple of thousand pounds could say that they're carbon neutral. But straight away with the transparency that Crystal Doors has on its website, you can see that is not what we've done. What we've done is actioned hundreds and hundreds of small little things. We have all our employees, all 37 of them, living within three miles of the factory. So it's making changes such as that, that makes the difference and yes if they're not on the journey this year in five years time it will be the top top topic and it's for people to address it earlier than later have you found that you've secured business because of this approach Uh, Yes, we have. We now have a distributor, a company called Stellaform down in London. And Mark, who's the managing director down there, he's absolutely on the same journey. He's bought himself a Tesla. He's looking at his solar panels. He's looking at B Corporation. He knows that the London markets, as the youngsters are coming through and become affluent, they're not going to be looking necessarily at this is the fashion. They're looking at what is the ethical thing to have. And what's really pleasing is, as everyone's working from home, our kitchen industry has absolutely boomed. And it's people working from home, And when they're showing off their new furniture, they want to be able to say, I made the right decision. It's not about showing off money. It's now showing off how sustainable you are.
0: One of the things I always bang on about with people, and it's a criticism of the kitchen industry, I think, is that there's a lot of work being done, of which you're right at the forefront of, in the actual product itself, but I don't think there's been that shift yet in the actual design of of product, the design of the rooms that help people live a sustainable lifestyle from day to day. So there isn't enough talk about where you store your recycling, how you can store things to buy in bulk to, to reduce packaging, There isn't that discussion going on yet enough, I don't think.
1: No, the the, the plastic market has been hit very, very hard. The straws disappeared overnight. BrickVit yesterday is 100% recycled. The law states that everything has to be 50% recycled in a few years' time. The plastics industry is interesting. Uh, We work with Bonalex. IKEA's pushed for a recycled bottle vinyl for which our customers can purchase. But it's it's moving it on to absolutely everything. And yes, what you're saying, Andrew, is correct. is It's now about the change of design. You've got the hierarchy of waste. and At the top of it is obviously a circular economy and the ability to be able to design new products which are then fit for purpose that they don't have that impact on the environment. So companies that are using the same products over and over again, it's those that come out with new products Um, that are disruptive and radical, that'll end up succeeding.
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Do you think you um, have to have an entrepreneurial mind to be able to get this far into something like this? I mean, this is your company, you're an entrepreneurial guy, you're not reporting to anybody in that sense, and you can push these
1: measures through if you want to. Do you think you have to have that state of mind? You, You have to have innovation, you have to think outside the box, and you have to have a huge amount of passion. Five years ago people laughed at me and when I purchased my Nissan Leaf 2 and turned up at the car park, my employees thought either we've run out of money or Richard has lost his marbles. But that was at the time that they then realised, Richard isn't just having a joke, he's serious about this and we might as well get on board with it because this is the boss. And then they've started to realise that I've just persistently drip fed constantly, these are new initiatives, these are new things that we're doing and just kept on pushing through. And, And that's the way that the change has to be.
0: Now, one of your little taglines that you use is people, planet and profit. That's your three-pronged approach. Where does the people bit come into that journey? You know, you've got your employees there. How much are you involving them in not just the business aspect of it, but persuading them to, to introduce this into their own lives?
1: One of them is is understanding where carbon comes from. So all our employees know their personal carbon footprint. If they go below the average na- nation, which is about 11 tonne, we'll give them money to sort of incentivize them um they're all now on the journey of it's not just these are the three recycling bins um it's a case of knowing beyond that and they're now a sort of more understanding so certain ones are obviously still happy that they drive the fast cars and they have the fast holidays and they go out for takeaways but they now know the reasons why there's alternatives that are a less environmental impact. And it's about engaging with the employees um, all the way through. It's a lot easier for a company that's got 37 people, but there's also much larger companies that are now taken on on as, as a policy. Do you
0: leap out at them if they approach work carrying a plastic coffee cup or something? Emerge out of the bushes and snatch it out of their hand?
1: It's not a case of demonising people. It's a case of educating them and leaving it to themselves. I stop at the point of saying, these are my actions I can go to a restaurant quite easily now and get a vegan meal and vegetarian meal. If you go to the supermarkets, it's now very well recognized. It's the fastest growing market and a lot of the, the industries are working towards it. And I think this is what we need to say to the kitchen industry and all the, the, the suppliers of all the different products for our independent kitchen companies. We need alternatives and crystal doors for the vinyl wrapped fronts. Is coming up with alternatives in the complete design and manufacture of the product that we offer. But this needs to be done by all companies to be able to sort of say that the metal of hinges the big hinge companies need to redesign what they're doing to be able to prove that they've got sustainable but also when the kitchens are finished is do we just put them in a skip and drop them off at the the local council or is there a way of getting that back into circular economy it's it's a case of addressing lots and lots of different things so it's the mindset so it's not picking on an individual and demonizing them It's, it's trying to change that mindset that they've got at the forefront Let's think about the environment first and people and then what is the choice that I've got out there. And as I said at the beginning, the millennials are absolutely in tune. It's the people of sort of our age and upwards that they've not been brought up in that world. And that is the difficulty is if people don't start changing who they're selling to it's going to be these millennials as they're coming through to start purchasing that they won't be purchasing from you if you haven't got a sustainable policy and transparency in the actions that you've carried out
0: but that goes down the chain as well doesn't it because okay they might not be purchasing directly from you but they might be questioning that flat that they buy and whether or not you know that entire development of flats has been constructed in the best possible way
1: it is it's it's a full 360 it's every single purchase every single action that you carry out every single day it's thinking, is, is this the best environmental choice that I can make? Uh, and what's the impact that this has on others? So the car industry has is, is been completely decimated. The airline industry has been decimated. Fashion is being picked on at the moment, and that will change. Plastic, we've already seen, has, has had horrendous upheavals over the last few years, and the big companies are having to adapt quickly. The furniture industry is better than most but certainly by 2025 there will be radical changes that's required and it'll filter through from the large companies who have to prove their sustainable um, actions and that's when it'll then go down the supply chain but it'll also be driven from the consumers demanding that product do something
0: about it before you're forced to do something about it and you're playing catch-up
1: Yes, Crystal Doors is, is on the wave. We were um, very fortunate as well as manufacturing the vinyl wrap doors. Crystal Doors was the only company that could manufacture the overbed tops required for the Nightingale Hospitals. So we were heralded as heroes by the um, UK Chamber of Commerce. We've done very well during the lockdown that we were essential services. And then coming back, we've been extremely busy again. So Crystal Doors is, is on, a, on a success. But for me, I need to be planning for how is our sustainability going? to trickle through to the consumers so they fully understand and that's obviously the digital transformation that we're going through at the moment which obviously is something i'm not going to talk about because it's going to be new and radical to um <laughs> the industry
0: i mean this is a brilliant story richard it really is and if someone's listened to this and thought well you know what i really should do more about this myself where where can they start where would someone start
1: from scratch with this there's plenty of companies. Um, one company is Inspired Energy. They do work with SMEs, they work with large companies, and they can look after absolutely everything from your energy from your policies, your strategy, uh, and that's a very large company with over 500 employees. We've used a growth company, which is throughout the UK. In the Northwest, they've been absolutely fantastic because that's free for SMEs to approach. The other one, Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce, they're now putting a lot of effort in. East Lancashire is absolutely amazing. They give 50% uh, funding towards solar panels there is a lot of places to go to and it's a case of just searching. I think the f- the first one for most people to make them realise where they stand is to do a personal carbon footprint and then do a, a business carbon footprint. And it's getting that baseline and then trying to make improvements, which is why you see so many big, large companies saying we're pledging to be carbon neutral in such and such a year. So you've got the, everybody has to do it by 2050 in the UK and that will include all the SMEs come 2025. They'll realise that they have to start... Disclosing how they're addressing their carbon emissions, you've got Manchester at twenty thirty eight, and yes, Crystal Doors has, has, has rammed it right down to twenty twenty two. And we we're on a, a meeting with Andy Burnham uh, last Wednesday with the Rochdale Ambassadors. They sort of heralded and said Crystal Doors is doing a fantastic job. What do you think, Andy Burnham? And he said, "Follow Richard Hagan." boom <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then he's become famous, famous uh, for obviously trying to stand up for for Manchester. But it, it, it is a case of when we do it together. It makes a big difference. Anybody doing it in isolation or just carrying out one action, it's not enough. It is a big concerted effort for all of us.
0: But someone's got to set the pace, haven't they? And I think that's what you're doing within the the kitchen furniture market as well. So, I mean, it is fantastic stuff. And we've only scratched the surface here of the kind of actions you've taken. So I do recommend, I'm sure you wouldn't mind if people do do get in touch with you to find out a bit more about your story. I know you do go around business groups and things telling the story. I do indeed, yes. Uh, So, you know, I'm sure um, we can put some contact details for you Uh, in the episode description here and some of the companies that you talked about just to try and start people on this journey
1: yes and crystal door's website what we're trying to do is is that thing called transparency is we've now got a whole set of pages to do with our journey and what we've achieved and what we've done and i I think that's the the other side of it is it's a pleasure to be here but it is to sort of share the good stories of what is possible because it is a confusing world out there when it comes to the environment
0: Right, let's slightly shift gear here to talk a bit about what's happening in Greater Manchester right at this moment. What is your view from a sort of business owner and employer uh, of what's going on there and what should be done and what isn't being done?
1: Businesses need money to be able to survive. And the first lockdown, when money was given out, it was acceptable for businesses to have to close the doors. What the government's done this time to sort of say, you're in tier three and there's no subsidy – And there's no support. Andy Burnham was sort of saying this isn't fair for Manchester. So the government is literally jumping every single day and changing its mind, which is the reason why I think the population is becoming very sort of disconcerted of the actions of of this government, because it's not being clear, which is what should have been done. Looking forward to the future, certain industries are going to not recover. What is very, very fortunate for the kitchen industry is because people are working from home, there's going to be a a continue of uh, absolute buoyant. The difficulty that we've now got is more to do with supply chain. And hopefully Brexit doesn't cause a disaster uh, when it gets to January, because once again, the government's dithering and not making anything clear.
0: Yeah, and that can only hamper businesses like yours, which are trying to meet a very high demand.
1: Uh, uh, absolutely is is we've obviously bolstered our stock um we've in conversations with our suppliers to sort of predict how much more we need for the next three months and hopefully we don't have any issues but there certainly is issues already within our industry of certain components missing as as they're not getting the supply through fast enough
0: yeah so what's your view on on what might happen
1: then in the next sort of six twelve months So 12 months from now, there still will be COVID. 12 months from now, the kitchen industry will still be very buoyant. January, February, I I do hope that we do get uh, goods coming through with the new paperwork and there's not a blockade by French political people. What we will see is the use of technology even more so. We have seen... The digital transformation starting at Crystal doors, but this digital transformation is going more and more faster it 's been an excuse almost to sort of jump it to the next level as everyone's jumped onto zoom meetings so instead of me having to drive down to London and have only one meeting a day i 'm now having three, four, five meetings a day, so our our lifestyles are getting faster. Um, what I see as the new norm is any device, anywhere, anytime, it's not nine till five anymore, and it's not in the office. Business now is much, much faster than ever before, and it's not going to slow down.
0: Yes, I mean, that is a very um, brutal view of the future, and I, I suspect there's an awful lot of truth in there in there too. Right, let's get to the most important question though, Richard, All right, because you've, you've made a lot of sense today. Uh, let's see if we can carry it on through into the most important issue of all, right? <laughs> in a feature that we are calling Silence of the Laminates. We want to know what your most positive, feel-good movie is. Yeah, you've had a bad day. You flopped down on the sofa. What are you going to watch?
1: Even though it's not a, a positive one, but it's got the best positive ending, which is Man on Fire. Uh, and people sort Ooh. of people believe that you know Richard, you are Man on Fire. What is it that you're chasing? And I'm obviously, I'm chasing something for my children and grandchildren to be a planet that's still survivable and it is keep on running keep on working as hard as you can because you, you can get to where you want to be even though the vision at the beginning seems outrageous
0: well that uh, is a very very good choice and an unexpected one which is like i have not seen that film for a very long yes. time i mean that's uh yeah i mean early 2000s maybe something like that Very good choice. Well, look, Richard, thank you for this. It is a brilliant story that you've got to tell and I I do hope people pay more attention to it because you, you have done some wonderful things there and you are a real pioneer in this market. So keep at it and we'll come back to you well we'll come and test you in 2022 to see how far, <laughs> far you've got you're not letting the current situations stop you in any way which is also great too so look thank you for sparing us a bit of time uh, and now you can go back to chasing people for their plastic cups
1: <laughs> thank you rich indeed Andrew. cheers mate speak soon thanks
0: that was richard hagan from crystal doors and what an interesting guy so driven by this mission he set himself on I really recommend checking out the Crystal Doors website as it details the actions and measures he's taking to get to that 2022 goal. I'll put all the links in the episode description as always. I'll see you next time.